Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Stop messing with that. Jesus, I'm going to have to move everything around again. <laughs> For Muhammad, I act like a four-year-old shaker. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom on a very wet and rainy Sunday afternoon here in Western Florida. Western Florida? Western Florida. We're in... We are in Western Florida. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean... I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me right now. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my computer. It's the Kratom. <laughs> it's the Kratom. Um, well, first and foremost, let us thank Low Tide Cava Bar. Who's there right now? Who, who, who got us our stuff today? It was Jay. Jay. Jay got us our stuff today. Thank you, Jay. Jay, did you know Jay has a podcast? Yes, it's a talk show similar to ours called it, Movie Quest. Is it called Movie Quest? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought it was called Strangely Irregular. Yeah, they have, okay, they have two names. Um, I know they call it Movie Quest, and I know they call it that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, where they, they watch crappy movies and then they review them? Yes. Yeah. 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 One of them was a movie that I hadn't seen bef- or heard of before called uh, uh, Thanks Killing. Okay. Thanks, Killing. Yeah, it's retarded. Well, yeah. I mean, all the movies that they do are just awful, yeah. awful <laughs> movies. Anyway, thanks to Jay. Thanks to Low Tide Cava Bar for the cava. Bula. Bula. Ah, so tasty. Mm-hmm. So tasty. So, uh, how was your. You worked at Low Tide a few times this week. Yeah. Yeah. Once. Once? Huh. It was fun. Well, that's good. Worked with Monica. Yes, you did. I was there for most of that night. <laughs> Actually, I think I was there longer than you. No. Yeah, because I got there long before you did. The night I worked? Yeah. I closed. I know. And I was there to close. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. I left at one fifty-five, which is close enough to to closing it down. We can ask Monica about this because I was the last person with her out at three thirty. Right. Well, well, I was there until the bar closed. Oh, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was there so much longer than you because I showed up at like eight thirty. Oh, okay. I see what you were saying. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty fun, you know. Drank kava, drank kratom. You know, it's what I did last night. It's what I did last night too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been significantly cutting down on my kava because it's been making me feel lethargic. I get that. That's why two shows now I've been drinking Kratom. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Bula, Ben. But yeah, we got a few topics to talk about today. We, we do have a few topics to talk about today. Let's oh, I started watching Breaking Bad. Great show so far. Right. Right. It's about time. It is about time. I messaged uh, our friend Skyler. I was like, hey, there's a Skyler in this show. <laughs> she was like, where you been for the last 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, when that show first, I didn't start watching that show until like season three, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like as soon as I started watching it, 
I went as Jesse Pinkman for Halloween every year. Oh, really? And all I did was go around and be, science, bitch. <laughs> Yo, Mr. White. Yeah. That was all I did all night long. Yeah. <laughs> I would go like I would like at work. They would let you dress up, and people would be dressed up in actual costumes. And I would have like this shirt that was way too big on me, and a pair of jeans that was way too big on me. And I would just call everybody bitch. <laughs> and one of my managers was like, "I don't think this counts." And I'm like, "I'm Jesse Pinkman, bitch." And she was like, "She was like, I, I mean, fine, mm-hmm. that's right, yeah, <laughs> I'm Jesse Pinkman, bitch." <laughs> Um, My friend Nicholas says, talk about anything but dumb libertarian drama. It's a capital L, and I don't think we will. Okay. They, uh, they're they bringing that on to themselves. So. They are, yeah, they're bringing all of that on to themselves. Yeah. Like, you need, to, you need to police your own. And if you've got somebody in your uh, party saying something stupid. We've, I don't, we've, we've really, we've talked about the libertarian party bullshit for too much now i know it's insane it's kind of boring now (laughs) it it's so dumb yeah like if your vice chair keeps saying stupid shit get rid of your vice chair yeah like yeah and then you know there's uh, there there are people in the libertarian party saying stuff like well arvin vora is the most anarchist member of the board and all that i'm like i'm pretty i'm very i'm a very anarchist but the shit he says is completely stupid unnecessary and not even what we need to be talking about if your mission is to bring more people in right you know like yeah i'd prefer yeah i mean part of the reason that i left the libertarian party was because i got tired of having to defend the stupid stuff coming out of his well out of his fingertips yeah it's mainly what he types yeah and uh i just yeah, I don't want to have to defend that. I don't want to yeah. waste my time being like, "Oh, well, yeah, no, we don't all agree with that moron." So, and of course, it's not everybody in the Libertarian Party. No. Like, there are many great but, individuals in the Libertarian Party and on the board, um, but specifically, all the drama that's been happening is really comes down to a few individuals, and it's. I don't. I'm not going to say it's representative of the whole party, but it's representative of the uh, ineffectiveness of the libertarian party in messaging and, and, and policing themselves. Right. So you're right. No, I don't want to talk about that even though we did. Uh, but yeah, like, no, screw that. I'm not wasting my time on it. That's why I left. I left. So I didn't have to waste my time talking about their idiotic statements. Yeah. And you know, when I, I always make fun of it and I'm, I always say stuff like, I hope Vora keeps doing this, you know, and if you guys don't like the Libertarian Party, come to the Republican Liberty Caucus. We can be a libertarian over here. And that is two things. Maybe bring more Republican, more people in to the Republican Party Liberty Caucus. And two, if somebody cares enough, they might be like, hey, Muhammad's right. Maybe we should police this up. So people don't leave the so Libertarian leave Party the libertarian and go party. to the, so yeah. you know like maybe you're giving Muhammad a reason to say something like this, but no, all I get is people in the Libertarian Party that you know internet libertarians, which really I am too, uh, to an extent. That's all of us are. Yeah, but you know they're like, oh well, 
instead of leaving it, why don't you stay and fix it? And I'm like, the, every, and everybody says that. I, okay. Everybody says that. I'm like, why me? Like, all of you keep saying this, and you're saying it, so why aren't you fixing it? Right. Yeah, I mean, people would say that when, when I left the, the LPF, uh, I got a couple people messaging me, and they were like, hey, why, why aren't you staying to fix it? Like, you can fix this. Like, you can help us vote in the way that blah, blah, blah. And I hate to do the, you know, like, I'm one guy thing that, mm-hmm. you know, people always argue, uh, especially in election time. Because it's like, oh, I'm just one guy. What's my vote going to matter? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But, I mean, it, it's not so much as, like, I want to, I do want to see it change. But I also don't want to be associated with it while it's in a state of disrepair. Yeah. You know, like, sorry, like, I don't see it being fixed anytime soon, so I'm not going to associate myself with it. Yeah, exactly. Right. If yeah. one of if one of your friends is a drug dealing pedophile rapist, you don't say, oh, well, I'm just going to try to fix him. No, you get away from that guy. Like, you don't want to be a part of that. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, I mean, if you come out and say that you I think you should try to help fix him. I think that you should, but I mean... But if he doesn't want he doesn't to, want which to, is what Arvin doesn't want to... Right, which is what the party yes. doesn't want. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to bash, you know, I'm not going to try to be like, hey, you need to, you, all this needs to be fixed. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna stay until it is. So, no, screw it. No, yeah. I'm out. Well, no, because I mean that that is what's happening is people are always telling him and Nicholas and other people about the problems, and and he just goes to doubling down on what he says, and he doesn't. He has no interest in in listening to what people are saying. No, you know, because even if what he's saying is valid, it's not what people want to hear right. right now. Exactly. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, it's just the guy has made. And I don't think it's valid anyway. Yeah. Well, the guy, he, I don't know if it's valid or not. I just, it's the one of the least important things to the topic of liberty. Right. Um, but I mean, he may, I don't know if it's valid or not. That's all I'm saying about it. Um, but, you know, he, he's made comments about the, the mil, people in the military, law enforcement officers, stuff like that. Um, he just generally he's made stupid comments about people that just work for the government. Um, yeah. And uh, which is stupid. Uh, like I'm an anarchist that wants to get rid of all the government and privatize every single thing ever. Uh, but I don't think every single I don't think I don't think the government and people that work in the government are evil people. Uh, and I don't think their intentions are evil. They're just like everybody else. Uh, they are doing whatever they can to um, do what's good for themselves, their families, and their communities. And that's what ends up hurting other people with that power that they have. Um, but Arvin does not get that. Arvin does not get that. Um, anyways, we've talked a little bit too much about that. <laughs> I was going to say, especially since we were asked not to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, starting out. Uh, since you happen, what what is that you're drinking again? Kratom. Kratom. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kratom. Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> so, as anybody who watches us know, we are very strong advocates for Kratom. Uh, and we 
drink it pretty often. Yeah. Pretty regularly. Uh, and we talk about it even more regularly, it seems like sometimes. But especially this time of year, because this is the time of year that states everywhere begin doing their push for new bills and new laws. And mm-hmm. Yeah. This time of year is when somewhere, some some state is like, yeah, we're going to get we're going to ban Kratom. And all of a sudden, you know, like everybody who thinks Kratom should be legal because it should be uh, everybody who thinks Kratom should be legal begins talking about it. So it is that time of the year again where we get to do this. Um, so we uh, I have a vested interest in Tennessee because mm-hmm. I love that state. It's an amazing state. And up until Kratom has been illegal there for as long as I've known about it. But the reasoning behind it being legal was when they wrote the law, they had written in that it was a synthetic drug, um, that it was a synthetic drug. And they said that synthetic drugs such as Kratom or metrogenine speciosa are banned in the state. Yeah. So this past year, uh, a gentleman in the Davidson County area, Nashville, uh, got caught selling five pounds of kratom. Five pounds. Five pounds. And he got off because it wasn't a synthetic and it was natural. Thank God. I know. So a couple of weeks ago, the, the uh, attorney general of Tennessee came out and said, hey, we will not prosecute if you have... Natural kratom. Uh-huh. If you possess, if you are in possession of natural kratom, to which kratom advocates across this country rejoice because yes, finally that makes sense. Let's yeah. get rid of these man-made chemical-induced fake effects as opposed to we can actually have the real thing. Yeah. Until this week, in which a man by the name of David B. Hawk Mm -hmm. out of Greene County in Tennessee wrote a bill to ban Kratom in the state of Tennessee. The natural version. Representative or senator? Representative. Wow. Representative. Um, So if you are in the state of Tennessee. (laughs) Which you have friends in Tennessee. Which I do have. Yeah, which I do have friends in Tennessee. Uh, if you're in the state of Tennessee, please call your representatives and tell them to uh, not support HB 1832. Yeah. Um, Especially since it's probably going to go to subcommittee as usual. Yeah, so it's, I mean, call those people definitely first. Right. So it's still waiting on a companion bill. Uh, it's still waiting on a companion bill for the Senate, and then it's got to go through committees and all that. But I will be constantly updating people on the Kratom situation in Tennessee on who to call and what to do and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Also, Tennessee people, uh, I'm going to be up there next week. So hopefully I see many of you. Over around. the weekend? No. Okay. No. Nope. I'm leaving the day after the Super Bowl, and I'll be back before the weekend cool so we will still be doing a show <laughs> next week mm-hmm. uh so yeah so as far as the crowd thing goes guys uh keep keep in touch with us and uh i will definitely be letting you know who to call and who to uh annoy uh in the most positive of ways 
So, yeah. So that w- the Tennessee can finally experience Kratom. And if you have questions about Kratom itself, you can ask us about that too. Yes. So you can properly educate people on it, you know, so you don't use lo- um, wrong language or wrong facts that are not facts. Um, just so you don't accidentally hurt the cause when it comes to yeah, no, ensuring that people no, have the access to Kratom. No alternative facts Yeah, when it comes to the Kratom. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, uh, I've got an article that I'm going to be putting out on the Tennessee Kratom situation. We, okay, so this is also really fun. I'm just going to talk about this too. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has the second highest amount of people who are addicted to opiate prescribed drugs uh-huh. in the country. Second to West Virginia, right? Tennessee is also currently in a lawsuit, uh, a class action lawsuit against three or four big pharma companies for creating this scenario. Uh Um, And then even though they're suing big pharma for, they're suing big pharma for their uh, addiction issues. Yeah. They are working on currently banning Kratom which could essentially potentially according to studies out of old miss help their addiction problems like it makes zero sense on why they would be going about it the way that they are yeah yeah uh, you see and i'm sure you yeah we we all have friends here locally that are my friend so like you have friends here locally <laughs> right what's that like uh <laughs> uh bull on the beach had their anniversary about three weeks ago i think and uh, uh my michael fitro um kind of talked a little bit uh during this the anniversary party and hangout and like he was saying we have a good amount of friends and not just friends, just people uh, in the Kava community that have opiate addictions and they've been treating it by treating themselves is how, what we're going to say. They've been treating themselves and weaning and have weaned completely off of opiates because of Kratom. Yeah, I've uh, got I've got anecdotal story after anecdotal story. Exactly. That. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've I've seen it. Yeah. And so if it works, it works, you know, like I have a third le- or a quarter of my 18 ounce left, you know, and there's absolutely no- nothing wrong with this drink. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But you know what? There is something wrong with what tariffs. yes there are yes and you're you're the you're i mean this is your wheelhouse much more than mine but uh the recent was that this week or last week this week this week donald trump put a 30 percent tariff yeah on solar panels made outside of the u.s yeah solar panels and washing machines was it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. People forget about the washing machines. Right, yeah. It's, yeah, because everybody's like, oh, he's fighting green energy mm-hmm. because ExxonMobil. Yeah. 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 
And yeah, so yeah, Trump put a thirty percent tariff on washing machines and solar panels. I think it's panels and and things that that go into solar technology that get made outside this country. And this was the one time, one of the times when people on the right were absolutely wrong. And by people on the right, I mean like definitely conservatives. Um, not libertarians, because we're smarter than the conservatives when it comes to economics. I agree with that. I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not always so blunt about the stuff like that. But right. Whatever. <laughs> but anybody. OK, so a lot of conservatives who are. They're excited about this tariff. They're definitely okay. Like conservatives, you're definitely better than liberals. Well, <laughs> and def- better than socialists, and a lot better than communists. Right, <laughs> right. But they yeah. are. They're they were all like super excited about the tax cuts. Yeah, which yeah. they should be. Yeah, because you know tax cuts are good. Yeah, um, corporate but, tax cuts. Right. All about it, and then. Okay, well, we're going to put this 30% tariff, which totally isn't a tax on the American people, which it totally is a tax on the American people. Mm -hmm. But it's totally not a tax on the American people. Uh, We're going to put this tariff on uh, these products in order to help uh, bolster these these, uh, products being made here in the States. And it's like, no. If we don't make them well enough that we can't keep up with the prices that the other countries are selling them for, we don't need to add these tariffs in order to protect our own nation. Yeah, like, and and here's here's the first problem. And I, I, you're a smart guy. You're not doing this unironically, but there's no we, you know. Um, countries, so countries don't trade with each other. People do. And people don't seem to understand that. There is no we. There is no our companies. There are companies that are owned by people, individuals that are not in any way, shape, or form tied to you or any other industry or any other corporation or any other company. That's the first problem that people uh, always make when talking about this stuff is we, our country, are we, blah, blah, blah. And there's, there's, I'm sorry, there's fucking none of that shit. There is no we. There are individuals that own solar companies and that make solar equipment here in the United States. Their equipment happens to be more expensive than what gets made overseas more expensive than what gets imported and it's like i need to do a whole episode on just economics but that'll be so exciting for me (laughs) so legitimately one of the first things you learn in macro and microeconomics which is you know the really the basis of all economic uh fields and schools of thought uh, including like Keynes, uh, Keynesianism, uh, even socialism, like all of that stuff, all all of these economic systems always understand. Well, not as well as Austrian economics economists um, that scarcity is a thing, and you learn about this in your first chapter in economics: scarcity. 
what is scarcity? Everybody knows what scarcity is, but scarcity is there the lack of stuff and things and people. You know, scarcity applies to everything. Scarcity applies to land. It's like food in my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, scarcity applies to land. Scarcity applies to machines. Scarcity applies to robots. Scarcity applies to humans, uh, human labor, uh, and human capital, as in like skills uh, and knowledge and entrepreneurship and uh, everything that makes uh, a person uh, a, a good, um, I'm sorry, a successful person in the market in whatever field that um that they're engaging in all of these things are scarce there are not enough people to do everything um and and andrew our our good friend andrew heaton's book because that's what i'm calling him now Uh our good friend andrew heaton's book laughter is better than communism he's got a chapter where he's describing scarcity and why free trade is actually really good Mm -hmm. um and and it japan makes really great robots Uh uh-huh and in america they make Okay, robots. Yeah. But in America, we make really good Scud missiles. Yes. And in Japan, they make okay Scud missiles. Yeah. So why would you put the tariff on the robots when they're just going to put the tariff on the Scud missile? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And everybody's just going to end up with a lower quality of what it is (laughs) that they're best at making. Exactly. Um, So a few chapters into your economics books once you start taking your economics classes after listening to my beautiful lecture today (laughs) or you can just talk to me about it you know because i know a little i know a little bit i don't know a lot the economics book may be more entertaining (laughs) that's true (laughs) i'm a boring ass person (laughs) but um i think everybody should take the basic economics classes um the the shitty thing about economics is they can definitely be boring. They're not to me, just because I fucking love the topic. Um, and honestly, the big thing is it's up to professors to make the topic engaging and fun. And if a professor can't do that, you know, that's his fault. But there are plenty of professors that can make it fun. Um, so later on, a few chapters after that, maybe like the second chapter even, or third, you, we talk about something called comparative advantage and um, specialization and trade. And, you know, a comparative advantage is uh, an advantage that the that a uh, in the in the book, it says, you know, country, which we can actually use that one here. Uh, When a country just based off of its economic level, technological level, so uh, industrialization levels, all of that, a country that is good at everything or it, that can do everything is still really good at doing one thing. And, you know, they give uh, a few examples in the book of specialization and trade where um, let's talk about Kavan Kratom, for example. Um, Matt and I have separate uh, Kava bars. Okay. Uh, this does. This is not how it works in real life, uh, but it's a good example on a larger scale. So let's say you uh, you you have low tide and I have grassroots. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and we're we're the only two people there. <laughs> um, so, 
I can sir I can make you know I can I can make uh, and serve out you know 15 shells of kava in an hour I think we've done this on our show before N- no I a hundred percent think we've done this on our show before. no no you heard me talk about it last week I was because uh, I, I was talking to Nick Lanigan about it I still think we've done this on our show before. Probably. Probably. But it's 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 worth... It's a good refresher. Yeah, it's a good refresher. Especially it makes it not easy. a lot of people get into economics often. Um, and, uh, and I can make and serve four singles of kratom an hour. God, your, <laughs> your, your kratom-making skills are so bad. <laughs> but if you go to grassroots, right... He can make sev- he can make seventeen singles of kratom an hour, and then he can make six shells of kava an hour, and so we can trade. You know, we can trade, and this is all. I can't do it here, but this is all done like in a little a graph that shows how much we can make and how each each other per product. If I stop making kratom that I'm really bad at making, and he stops making the kava that he's really bad at making, I'll go from 15 to 25 shells, and he'll go from 17 to maybe 30 singles of kratom. Right. So overall, there would be more kava and kratom on the market because we're both doing what we're good at. Rather than both of us just... Doing the, the, the numbers that I already mentioned for each. Right. I'm going to bring in a whiteboard just for when you start talking about economics. That, should, you, that would be fun, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you would get so into that. Yeah. So, yeah. Because one of the things people have been saying about this is, uh, this is really smart. This is like 40 chess. <laughs> this is no, really, Trump's really smart. No, it's not. Yeah. They're like, what Trump's doing here is, you know... There's a lot of things that they say that are really just make absolutely no sense. And I almost lost my train of thought. Um, but like, this is really smart. We need to be good at making these things. He, uh, you know, uh, ignore any stupid broad statement that anybody makes about anything. Because some people have said shit like bettering our economy to be more prosperous. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I, I, I understand the words you're saying, right. but I, how, how does that apply to this, this tariff on the solar panel? Right. Like, are solar panels, are American solar panels not doing so well that we need to use this kind of protectionism in order to make sure that American-made solar panels are being purchased? Exactly. Like, is it that big of an issue? Yeah. So, And the thing is, because of scarcity... Uh, because of scarcity, people will still buy the American solar panels, which because because they do, um, just not as much as the foreign ones because they're a lot cheaper because they have cheaper workforces and uh, just a lot of other things that go into it, currencies and all that. Um, and you know when these people are like talking about how our economy isn't as strong and we're poorer because we're not making solar panels the same way everybody else does. It makes absolutely no sense. And it goes back to that example you gave from the book. Um, Because 
robots and scud missiles yeah and you know one thing I, I i was talking to like nick about and that i had mentioned on one of the comments on facebook i was we lead the world when it comes to technology we lead the world because it's silicon valley um especially europe is not even on the fucking map when it comes to technology asia's ahead of europe when it comes to that stuff i'm talking like big companies like tencent in china um uh which is similar to like uh, google like that that big of a company europe doesn't even have that and they're not they're not poor because they're not engaging in engaging in it they're not they're not able to compete for a lot of other reasons that don't have to do with this topic um but um whatchamacallit we're really good at aircraft we lead when it comes to selling boeing aircraft across the fucking world nobody else is poorer in the world because of the fact that they're not making aircraft as we are they can slap tariffs on our on on our aircraft that the united states the companies in the united states makes and try to and you know and try to entice people to buy their domestic made shitty aircrafts but they're going to have less aircraft and they're going to have lower quality aircraft because of it and that's really what comes with this whole tariffs thing is what the tariff does is it's 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 a tax on imported products that the american people or the people in the com- the country that it happens end up paying for individual people paying for not co- not countries um, so somebody's buying solar panel equipment for whatever reason. Now they're paying more because of this. Not you, they are. Which is funny because some people are like, "Oh, I'm okay with this." Cause, yeah, because you're not paying for it. Right. You're not. At, you're not. You're not buying it. You're not seeing what it's doing. Um. Uh. You know, that's the problem. Is they don't understand what tariffs do. And you can get in these tariff wars, like you mentioned. They somebody could be like. Because uh, they're not as economically literate either, and they'll slap tariffs on us for something, which would be a mistake. I mean, even if somebody, you know, puts a tariffs on their solar panels, if they're getting something cheaper from us, they should not try to tariff for it out because they'll just make things worse for individual people over there. Right. Um, so everyone's been getting this tariff thing down wrong, and, um, excuse me. But... So, okay, when the, I don't remember which washing machine company, I don't know, big one, uh, has had to raise its prices now because of this. Uh, I think it was, was it Samsung? Or maybe it was Samsung. Oh, Samsung makes washing machines? Samsung makes everything. <laughs> uh, probably Samsung. Uh, I had Whirlpool in my head, but I think they're American. Yeah, I think they're, yeah, they're definitely American. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with, with the border wall, which is also a huge subject right now, uh, with the border wall, during the campaign, Trump said, I'm going to make Mexico pay for it. Anybody, like, anybody who knew, well, how he was going to do it, like, he was going to do it through tariffs. And he was going to do it by saying, we're going to put tariffs on these, Mexi- on these Mexican-made goods coming into the country and they're going to be paying for it, which, no, they're not. You're going to be paying for it. Yeah. Because that price is just going to be, like, thrown to the people who are bringing it here. Yeah. And then it's going to go on to you. Like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Mexico's paying for it because it's a tariff that we put on it, but that the that price is just being pushed to the consumer. Exactly. 
Exactly. So, yeah, it, throwing tariffs on anything is a. It's not free. Inter, it's not free market. No, it is definitely not free market. And what it does is it creates people making a lower quality product. Mm-hmm. Because what other option? Like exactly. Because what other option is there? Like you're well, gonna, you know, not as much in this case because now we're just forcing people to buy more American, um, which they're already going to buy American because of the problem of scarcity. There's not enough of it. Um, and all you did now is you just made the foreign stuff a bit more expensive. And the biggest problem here, really, that I even haven't gotten talked about yet. So here's the biggest problem with all of this is at the end of the day, everybody now has less money that engages in this sector of the market everybody now has less money to spend on other stuff right so you you slap a tariff on on solar panels that they and i'm making numbers up here because i've never bought solar panels that have been in that industry but buying a solar panel from china that costs you like 500 dollars before the tariff and it now costs you 330 times five fit 150 650 dollars now you have 150 dollars less right that you could be buying something else with you could either be putting it in a bank and the bank could be using that money to lend out to for somebody to start a business or buy a home you could be using that 150 dollars to buy uh to buy a camera that then that camera makes a job for somebody you could even use that 150 dollars to buy me groceries yeah exactly so uh, so no you're you're hurting people and people are overall going to have less money less disposable income because now they're paying a lot more for it. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. One, You know, and one of the things people had said was this is somehow going to encourage more American solar production, which is nowhere near being a fact. And there is no way for that even to make any sense right how it, does that ta- how's it how does a tariff on a foreign country incentivize americans to make more tariffs no not, uh, to make more tariffs or to make oh, I'm more sorry. Sol- solar yeah. panels to make more solar panels if, it, it if doesn't any, work like that no if anything it's like oh well we've already got the protection on the solar panels we're making and since people are already going to be uh paying the excess money for those solar panels we can jack up our prices for an inferior product exactly it's Tariffs are, are not good, and the people that are saying it's a good thing absolutely have no idea what they're talking about, and I'll tell them that to their face. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, so with, re- with respect. With res- yeah, with all the respect. <laughs> he won't call you an idiot or anything. Um <laughs> Uh, I want to throw this in on this topic. Okay. Okay. I think I think we can make those two work together. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, on CNN, it was CNN, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, on CNN this week, there was an article written about how cuckolding uh, can be good for people's relationships. Yeah, for couples' relationships. For couples' relationships. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> and I'm certain all of you do, yeah. if you're watching us, I'm almost guaranteed that you've called somebody a cuck at some point. Uh, a cuckold is somebody whose 
significant other is cheating on them. Uh, and it is a word that was created by the alt-right, I guess. William Shakespeare. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, they just use it. Yeah, they just use it. Uh, William Shakespeare created it, and uh, it was meant as an insult uh, for somebody being less masculine than somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, and it was somebody who's, you know, significant other is cheating on them, and it sort of has morphed into somebody who enjoys watching their significant other mm-hmm. cheat on them. Uh, but that is what a cuck is. But now a lot of articles are being written, and it's you know about how cuckolding could be. <laughs> it's just such a fun word to say. Yeah, cuckolding uh, could be good for relationships. That would not be good for my relationships. No. And, and here's the thing: uh, in 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 that article, the author took a, a study that was limited in scope. And inapplicable to what he wrote. Because the study was about... They they did a study on 660 gay men. And obviously there's whatever. There's no problem there. That study then applies to the gay community. But this author was applying it to all couples. All couples, yeah. And I was like, no, that's not how that works. You know, you, you took a study on gay couples and you're applying it to everybody. So I don't know if, you know, and even then, uh, you know, it wouldn't even apply to all gay couples either. Um, but yeah, that's what this guy was doing. And I was like, no, hell no. This is nasty. This is disgusting. And I mean, in all fairness. Okay, so. I don't care if, you know, and I'm certain you okay. don't either. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't care if you get your rocks off by watching your significant other have sex with somebody else. Don't care. Like, that, that's on you, 100%. But, you know, like, for me, it's not something that, it's not something that I'm ever going to want to see. Because, you know, in, in every, God, I hope my mom's not watching this one. Um <laughs> In every relationship, uh, the the threesome conversation always comes up. In every relationship I've ever had, yeah, every single one. It's like, well, what do you think? If what if we brought somebody, you know, blah blah blah. And every time the answer has been the exact same. It's like, well, I would not want to. And this is from her perspective and my perspective. Uh-huh. Uh It's always been I would not want to see you doing that with somebody else. Yeah. And I hundred percent agree with it. And I'm like, that's why I've always been like, no, I don't ever have to have a threesome in my relationships. Yeah. Um, but you know, like because, because I don't see myself as a cuck. Uh, but so, I mean, the conversation always comes up and it's always been just mutually agreed upon that. I don't want to see you doing that with somebody else. And I don't want to think about you doing that with somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, that I mean, it's I don't see how it would be good for most relationships. I don't know. And, you know, some people were. Some of my friends, some left, some right. In a libertarian fashion. 
were, were even you know saying stuff like oh why do you care um and they're saying like why do you care and this doesn't affect you and stuff like that and uh no it it doesn't it you're doesn't. you're right i don't think it, do- it it doesn't affect me uh and i don't plan on writing my legislator to ask him to ban it so w- and we talked about this on the show but here we go again it's this this concept i really hate it where people think you shouldn't talk about something because it doesn't affect you or something and i'm like right. no it, it should be fine it's okay it's definitely okay for me you know uh to judge you know that that was the word that brought up being judgmental and i was like look you have to risk offending somebody and judging somebody when you engage in any kind of conversation especially something on like this topic I'm not talking movies we're talking like or you know cats versus dogs or you know social stuff you risk offending people and that's fine there's nothing wrong with offending people no it's it every conversation that you get into there's the risk of having to offend that you may offend somebody yeah 100 percent uh but that is also where the freedom of speech comes in like, yeah sorry like i have a right to say this even if it does offend you i don't care yeah and you know if i say i don't like that you're judging me too you're judging me my person my personality my knowledge and what i'm saying so we're all being judgmental if we're talking about something it's I don't agree with this judgmental ta- tactic of well, you're just being judgmental. You're you know close-minded. No, I'm not. Right. And I get what it's saying, and I don't agree with it. And and I'm going going to say why I don't agree with it, and I'm going to tell people why they shouldn't entertain the concept that this article is saying. Right. That's it. That's all it is. And and then they can listen to me or not because I'm just a fucking some guy. I'm just some guy, really. Um. And that's that's really what it comes down to. I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't like open relationships. I don't. You know, I don't like cuckolding. And it, it's okay to say that. It's 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 uh, social pressure. And it's a form of social pressure. Whatever I'm able to exert as a person anyways, it's my social pressure. It's whatever, my, you know, my, well, whatever level people may respect me or whatever ad or you know the person real i'm just using myself as an example I get it. me saying i don't like this and it's social pressure and social pressure is good that is that is that social pressure is why you don't see racist being racist and open you know like or or posting uh, hateful shit uh because it's it's like not socially acceptable to be that um there's no law against it because some do say racist shit and we call them out for it but social pressure is good it's the opposite of progress the progressive style social engineering of forcing social change that is wrong you know like legislating morality is wrong right social pressure is not because it can either work or it doesn't because if i'm wrong and it turns out at the end of the day that open relationships are actually okay or whatever, and the rest of the society agrees with it, then I'm wrong. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, uh, going back a little bit to the risk offending people mm-hmm. stuff, uh, like, so the women's march was last week. Um, 
I kind of wanted to talk about this last week, but we were talking with our good friend Yehuda, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we never really made it around to this. But um, the women's march was last week, and you know, a lot of them were, a lot of the people that were out there for the march. Uh, I feel as though they want protection from being offended, and you can't get protection from being offended because. It, so many things can offend anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it's being offended is something that falls on yourself. Yeah. It doesn't fall on the person that's saying it. Yeah. They're, if you know a person well enough, you can say things that will hurt them intentionally, Mm -hmm. but it really does lie on the person who is listening in order to be offended or not be offended. Yeah. Um, and I mean, another, another thing that they're all, you know, they talk about how they want like equality. Yeah. And they're going after equality and, uh, you know, the pay gap, which is a complete fabrication yes. as we've all seen. And I think Jordan Peterson talked about that in the interview that went viral. Yeah. Which did you watch that? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, it was so good. Multiple times. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, it, he was, he handled, he handled that so incredibly well. Yeah. But so they're, they're, Something has been brought to my attention on uh, equality for women that actually nobody's talked about. And it's really something that we need to do something about, I feel. Uh-huh. Um, the pockets in women's clothing is just way too small. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's like the size of like the, the, the jean pocket that's like <laughs> right here. And if we could get women's pockets to be equal size to men's pockets, every guy with a girlfriend will, one, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> every single one of them. And uh, two, women just seem like they would be a lot happier being able to put their hands in their pockets. Yeah, it's fun standing with hands in pockets. It really is. You know, standing up against a wall. It really is. Drinking like, coffee. Like, if we're going to go out on a limb for inequality worth fighting for in this day and age, because I feel as though pretty much everything else is equal across the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way that I see it. And, yeah, you can say it's my privilege. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, that's the way that I see it. Um I do think that we live in the in a time in history in which so much is equal, uh, except for women's pockets. And I really think that we need to focus on that. Yeah. And that little bit was a gift for a friend of mine okay. <laughs> who asked me to talk about that. Yeah. Um, oh, that was Leah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The little pockets in the jeans were to hold uh, pocket watches. Yeah. It's the uh, fifth pocket overlooked since 1876. <laughs> that's, that's where I used to hide the drug <laughs> that I was had on me at all times. So yeah. It was always in that pocket. And <laughs> how I never got caught. Well, besides that time, how I never got caught is beyond me. Uh, so. Yeah, I ignored the women's march. I didn't, yeah, I didn't I really don't watch care. any of it. I just wanted to talk about yeah. women's pockets. No worries, yeah. Inequal. I ignored it. I don't consider it a women's march. So, right. It's really an anti-Trump march. So, Did you, and that's fine. It's fine to be an anti-Trump march, 100%. but it's not really a women's march. Did you march. see his tweet that day? Uh, no. Oh my god. He is king troll. Oh, really? What do you do? He was like it's a beautiful day for all the women to go out there and like voice their free speech and like he like boosted it. It was just like <laughs> Oh my god, man. <laughs> 
it, it was I was like, wow. You, my uh, my friend shared uh, this article here I saw by it. Vox. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Women's March. I thought it was funny. Yeah, Women's March expected to be the largest gathering of people with disabilities in U.S. history. <laughs> that's an actual, that's, I mean, actual article written by Vox. I mean, that's cool. I know what they were saying, but it's still really funny when you read it like that. And it's... It's like, well, yeah, man. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so we know they have disabilities. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Topic of Trump. Uh, there was that CBS report that he wanted to fire Mueller. And uh forget his first name. McGann was going to, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, retire, not retire. Yeah, he was going to resign, o- resign. over over yeah. it and all that. Uh, and everybody was like, yeah, see, Trump wanted to fire Mueller. And he's at risk of being removed and being, um, uh, forget what it's called. It's a word that I've heard on Law and Order and <laughs> other police shows. Um, it has to do with like stopping an investigation, whatever that's called. Um, obstruction. What? Obstruction of justice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Obstruction of justice, you know, and it will turns out that that report what came out yesterday to be absolutely false reported on false anyways. Well, that's going to get nominated for the 2018 fakies. Yeah. Yep. Yep, well, it turns out that he had mentioned that he was in favor of it, uh, and that was the end of it. (laughs) Um, And it turns out that McGahn had mentioned that he wanted to resign uh, just because of his overall disagreements with Trump, not because of the firing. Not because of the potential firing. Potential firing that obviously turns out to have never been the case. So, just like last week's, there's your this week's fake story. You right, know? yeah. Which, I mean, there's so many of them that come out every... I mean, look, we just spent half the show attacking Trump on the tariffs and all that. Um, find the right things to attack Trump on. Don't fucking make right, shit you up. Don't, you don't have to make it up. It's easy if you look at the right things. Mm-hmm. It is super easy. Um, but, yeah... Yeah, I really don't have much. Like this rain. Okay, so if you guys don't know, it's like it's been raining all day here Mm -hmm. in Florida. Yeah. And it is making me not like want to do anything. Yeah, same here. (laughs) I'm just like, "Eh, whatever. (laughs) Let's just keep talking, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it for today anyways. Yeah, that that is it for today. Do you have have anything else? I'm good. You're good? Got a joke? No. No? Okay. All right. I spent most of my morning watching Norm MacDonald on clips on YouTube. Oh. And it just that dude, he's the best stand-up of all time. <laughs> um, okay, it's funny. All right. So, once again, let's thank Low Tide Cavalier. Thank you, Low Tide. I did awful this week. I drank, like, just slightly over half. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bula. Bula. Uh, so remember, 
You can find us on the web at www.muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Um, I'll be posting a new article on there today. Cool. Cool. I think. And I'll probably put it out tomorrow morning. But a uh, new article will be up there. That you can listen to this and every other episode there through SoundCloud. You can also find us on like the podcast apps, all of them, mm-hmm. I think, at this point, um, except for like one. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Muddied Waters of Freedom or on Instagram at Muddied Waters of Freedom. Or you can follow our very bizarre Twitter account because <laughs> it never really gets any love <laughs> at muddied underscore waters um we will be back next week for a pre-super bowl party mm-hmm. don't know what we're going to talk about it's just going to be the day before the super bowl um and remember where we're going we don't you need to turn the music volume back up before i finish that sentence we don't need roads <laughs> <laughs>